0: started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Celebrate the Struggle. I am your host, Jennifer Hobbs, where I started this podcast so that we can have those uncomfortable conversations and get comfortable with the uncomfortable. All those things that we might tiptoe around in conversation, really it's life and it makes us who we are. And today I have the pleasure of chatting with a fellow veteran, Ron Miller. Welcome, Ron. Thanks for being here today.
1: Hi, and thank you for having me. Yeah, Again, my name is Ron Miller. I'm a small business owner. Um, I'm working mostly digital marketing right now. I'm working with a few clients, but it's a pleasure to have you on your show and be able to express my experiences in the hope of helping others.
0: Yeah. What do you? So, what kind of things do you do? It sounds tech savvy, and so you lost me a little bit right when people start talking <laughs> about technology i'm like
1: uh um a little bit of everything um my mother recently passed last year and i'm in school for business right now actually and i've always had a love for computers so i just took it a little bit more seriously and start learning attending seminars and especially mm-hmm. during the pandemic so my mind has been completely on uh website building uh landing pages funnels and things of that nature and facebook ads google ads so i've been like self-taught and spent a lot of money trying to do it as nice as well. nice yeah, yeah. so
0: i may be following up with you on my Groove funnels questions that because all that okay. that yeah. those funnels have been crazy okay so tell us a little bit uh we see where you are now and what you're doing to help other people tell us where you come from and like what your journey has been to get you to where you are right now, wanting to help other people.
1: Okay. Well, I'm from a small neighborhood um, on the outskirts of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I grew up in a home. My grandfather was a pastor and he was a small business owner as well. So we kind of had things in the house. Money wasn't really an issue, I would say. The lights were paid and things like that. But we were in the neighborhood and the environment itself. It wasn't particularly very welcoming. So I grew up in like Lily, um, Basically, when I was a child, that was like the... I guess crack academic had hit or whatever. So when I would step outside of my door, that was automatically, that was drug dealers, that were prostitution, that was violence, that was... You know, so I grew up in right. that kind of environment. And my family, they had issues with that as well growing up. So... You know, it, it, I was kind of a lost child in the sense of I ended up going to my aunt's and I lived with her from the age of eight to 18. And that kind of got me into being able to see different things outside of my own neighborhood. I actually mm-hmm. got to attend um, some different classes. I got to go to Boy Scouts. Um, that's what led me to join the ROTC. When I got in high school, I got to be captain of the rifle team. So they got to get me to travel and I got to see different things that maybe my friends didn't get a chance to see. And. But eventually i did go back to the same neighborhood but after a while you know i I started hanging with my own friends and i and i could see myself like it's either you know a couple of my other friends they were going to jail and going to prison and getting killed and and Mm -hmm. i was 23 and i and i I said well i got all this training i've been to rotc i want to do something with my life I, i wanted to do something with my life and make my life mean something because i've seen what could happen you know, when you just, you know, throw your life away or basically you make one wrong decision and that could be it. Like, to be honest with you this morning, I actually had a childhood friend of mine who passed from a shooting mm-hmm. just this morning. So that's how bad it is. I'm sorry, hear that. So, yeah. So, and from there, I, I joined the military. I enjoyed it. Um, I got married pretty young. Um, I was in the reserves. I did a, um, a year of active duty in Europe where I got to travel to like at least 10 countries, which again, that opened my horizons um, the farthest I got to go was Israel, was the imminent danger zone doing one of their um, Iron Dome missions. I got to be there for that. So that was pretty cool. And otherwise, it was just a lot of traveling. But, you know, and I think that really helped me a lot. And then even in my marriage, I had issues with drinking and things like that. And a lot of the things that I had been around and the things I tried to escape seemed like they were following me anyways. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I kind of so, you know, and, and it was to the point where it wasn't the environment. It was now affecting me. And it affected my marriage to the point where it was literally one day, I wanted to keep the kids home. I was drinking the night before. Wife then says no argument. Um, the police were involved. And within a week, I lost everything. Uh, she left me, she, she, she just gave the, the apartment people back the keys to the apartment. <laughs> so, and I had nothing at that time. And I was living in another state. And so I came back to Georgia. And where I'm at right now, been here for the last three years, Um, I was able to get in a grant program for veterans that helped with my uh, alcoholism in Southern Bruce. Well, alcoholism was my thing, but that's what they cover. And it was an inpatient program and it was very hard. And I had to give up my phone. I couldn't talk to my kids. I couldn't do anything like that. You know, I didn't have anything. So I started from ground zero. And since then, I, I just I've been going nonstop. Like even when I was married, I was in Orlando. So I was a cook. And I always felt like I could do more than this. Nothing against cooks, but I always saw myself as doing more, being more. And so since I came up here, I made a decision myself. You're not going to be working in anybody's kitchen no more. You, you have an education. You're smart. I know you can do this thing. People have been telling you your whole life. It's time for you to apply it for yourself and for your own benefit. So that's what I've been doing these last few years. Um, just, I'm, I've, I haven't touched the kitchen. I've had a few office jobs working from home. My mother passed. And I kind of stopped working at that point and started working on my own thing while attending school. So that's where I'm at now. And anytime I can help people, I try to, um, I volunteer at my local church still that I've been going to since I was a child. You know, I'm not perfect, but I, I try to do things to help people because I appreciate the people that's helped me in my life. Mm-hmm. So
0: I love so much of what <laughs> I know you. I said a lot. No, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Like, and and I have loved having conversations with people and they come so real like you are right now. I appreciate you being honest and like it I've I'm sure there was a period of time and even now like it's a little embarrassing for us to own like our at times maybe embarrassing to own like what we've done and in the past like things you know are uh the things that we've struggled through but like really it's those hard times that make us who we are if you learn from it, if you get something from it and it seems like you have, it's so good that you got to the point where you knew, like you, you wanted to do better for yourself and, um, not everyone gets there. And so it's nice to, it's awesome to hear your story and how much like self-talk and like just owning it. Right. There's so many people that just like, don't own it. The good, the bad, and the ugly, we definitely aren't perfect that's just not, I mean, that's, that doesn't ex- exist in society. And if it, if it like that, that would be, I wouldn't even want to meet someone that people assume is perfect. Cause that would be kind of sketch, kind of sketchy. Like that doesn't exist yeah. and we can all relate to like struggle. Like that's, we're human. And, and so to hear your story is awesome. Like how, how, so back to like your auntie, moving in with your
1: auntie did she have other kids too uh yeah she did but they were grown at the time so it's kind of weird I come from a big family um but I was raised kind of since I stayed with her I was raised as the only child Mm -hmm. so like I said it it was so for my no it was relatively close and that was yeah and that was the thing but the thing about that was it was both good and bad because there was a point as I would get older, like at first I would love to go, I wanted to go back to my mom's house. I had access to do that. So I could be around her. But the way she was at the time, battling her own things she had going on with mental illness and addiction, it became trauma, traumatic for me to go see her that way. Mm-hmm. So it became a point where I love my mom, but I couldn't, I I, I kind of, as a teenager, I kind of started staying away and I didn't necessarily, I kind of put myself in a bubble in a sense like five days a week when I was at Monty I was at home I didn't hang with friends or nothing maybe on the weekend sometime. I stayed by myself a lot growing up just kind of dealing with that and I would go with my cousins sometimes and to this day I have a don't have many friends outside of my family because I've all you know because of that right there. And I've tried to stay close to my cousins, but it was it's weird because like I said, a lot of people grow up and they would think, and I'm learning that and I hope we're not talking too much, but no. they would think that, it's oh, the it's, the, it's a money issue or a financial issue. But as I've been looking back through my particular family's incident, it wasn't that like the lights were always on. It was more, it was verbal abuse. It was mental health. It was drugs. It was untreated things that mm-hmm. eventually that people, the things that people overlook, <laughs> that really became a problem for my family and now looking back I can see where it actually eventually got to me and it affected my life so I'm trying to change that as well for my children going forward
0: yeah oh I love it I love it (laughs) um I mean good for you is what I'm trying to say like good for you and for anybody else listening that's got to the point where like you're not going to let your past define your future. And like, you've gotten to a place where you can give the things that have happened to you its space, but be able to identify like where you go from here. Um, I was going to say, oh, at one point you were talking about how things got rough and like you went and did an impatient thing. Um, I want to talk more about that because there's, you know, obviously, there's so many stigmas on mental health and different perspectives and viewpoints. And so like, if for some people even thinking about inpatient, it might send up red flags like stigmas, like feelings that they've already had uh, preconceived in their mind. And one of the things I want to do with this show is to enlighten people so that we can let down those stigmas and just have more understanding and empathy and apathy. Maybe someone's out there that like, would very much benefit from going to an intensive treatment, but those different stigmas in society or those self lies you tell yourself are keeping them away from it. So my question after that huge long rambling there, my question for you is, what was it? Did you have a support system that was helping you to identify that? Or what was it when you got to the point and identified and realized like, hey, I need to do this. I'm gonna do this. Were you, did you make that on your own? What got you to that point? Or was there something? Um,
1: I think it was kind of on my own in a sense, but the thing was like, especially for me after losing my family and my kids, they were like my everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, and you know, not even just the material. I didn't even, to this day, I, I never cared about the material stuff. It was that feeling of losing everything. And I came home and I had friends Per se, but I told you my neighborhood wasn't necessarily the best, but I did have some support. You know, my aunt, she was still around. Um, Like I said, my friends who were there for me since I was small, they was there. Like I had a friend who let me stay with him. Like, I just, hey, I need somewhere to stay. I knocked on the door and he opened the door. And but and I tried to make it on my own up here and things like that. And just being in that environment. And that, it, for me, it wasn't working for me. And I've noticed myself now at I think I was maybe 31 at the time. But I didn't start noticing I was doing stuff from when I was maybe 21, 19. Things mm-hmm. that I thought I had grown out of. Like even the drinking and the partying and stuff, it was getting worse. It was, and I know it was because I was going through something, but I knew I, I even when I had my family and I would drink, I didn't drink that much. I wasn't doing that much. And the decisions mm-hmm. I was making, I, you know, and there would be mornings I would go to work and I was still, you know, eventually I was able to get a job, but I would go to work and I would look myself in the mirror and say like, dude you can't keep going like this like you 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 don't have any you know you don't have anything you came from having an apartment you came from having this you had your family you don't even have a place to sleep but you got time to go party and then you're trying to have a job but you're not doing anything with the money but going to party and hang out with your friends and regardless of what you're going through at the end of the night they go home and you got to figure out where do you want to stay if somebody's going to let you in the door Because, you know, they're my friend. They had things they had to do sometimes. They had a family. My aunt, she has rules. She had things she had to do. And come from someone who had thought he had established himself as a man, family man, having his own, going back in that position, it really put me into a point where I felt like I had to make a decision to, you know, whether am I going to end up like these people that I've been not trying to be like my whole life? Is this going to be the moment that finally breaks me? and say, you know what, this is it for me. This is enough. And, you know, it's not even anything against those people or anything because I grew up around a lot of great people in the well who got their own situations. But like I said, I've always thought, I've always wanted more for myself. So I just had to make a decision. And the first time I went to the VA, I got the information. I told them my thing and I was scared. I'm not going to lie. I was mm-hmm. scared. So I told myself, look, I'm going to give myself like a couple months and see, can I make it in the world? You know, just keep... And it was like one thing after another and this. And I just looked myself again and I said, no, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And I said, this person can't help me. That person can't help me. At this point, I had been in Orlando for six years. So even my family, only time I had come home was for like funerals. So, Mm -hmm. you know, these, so I didn't have that, you know, and I had to realize some of my friends wasn't here no more. Some of my friends weren't my friends anymore. You know, so Mm -hmm. some of those people, when I was living a better life out in Orlando, some of those people who I thought were happy for me, they weren't even happy for me. So they were happy to see me the way I was. Right. So I realized I needed to get, uh, I need to go somewhere. And for me, and I know a lot of people talk about the Army and they even talk about the VA, but for me, it's always been great. Like I can say, I can't complain, even with appointments and stuff, because I don't worry about that because I know I can walk in and I know somebody will help me. And for somebody who, doesn't necessarily feel like they have that support knowing that 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 it really honestly saved my life like not have that's a pillar of my the military for me is like a pillar of support that takes the place of me not having my mom who's now passed but not having her in my life not having a dad either so that's my go-to because my aunt she has kids my cousins now they have families Mm-hmm. I have a brother, but he has kids. I have a sister, but she has kids. And I haven't seen some of these people in years. So it's, feel, it's uncomfortable for me to even ask them. But I always felt at home in the military, and I always felt like the military itself was a mixing pot of people from different places. different, And I knew I could be comfortable there. So I said, regardless of what it is, I can be comfortable there. I, I know this. I know what they got for me. I don't know what the streets got for me, but I know what they got for me. Yeah. So I'd rather go, you know, and that, and that, it went back to that decision I told you I had to make when I was younger. I said, it's for me, the decision to lean towards the military and the VA and the support, for me, it becomes almost a life and death decision because of just the environment I've been in. So I'm glad, like every time I even tell my friends to this day, I'm like, one of the best decisions I ever made. And just, being able to do the things i'm doing now like being like i'm working on that degree i'm I'm getting there like i didn't know how like even when i was married and i was younger i didn't i wasn't aware of those benefits and that's another thing you spoke on I wasn't aware of those benefits until I went into an inpatient program and I got to sit one-on-one right. with people who had that experience because I was asking people when I was younger and they would point me to a website, but to be around mm-hmm. people and counselors who have 20, 30 years of experience helping people, like, um, like I don't have feeling in my fingertips. I, I, I now get disability for that. I didn't even know that was possible. I worked in a restaurant. I would joke and say, look, I don't have feeling, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. in my fingertips. And, and I realized that I didn't understand that that was nerve damage and that 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 was causing and it was causing problems for me. But I didn't understand that until I got around other people that were able to say, hey, you don't have to have this. Hey, this could stop you from doing it. it has stopped me because there are certain jobs that I didn't do certain things that I wouldn't take because I knew that. But just being in that environment of getting that support and not thinking about my family, not thinking about what others thought yeah thinking about what yes. that, that having that military because that veteran experience something about being when i because like even when i joined the military i love that camaraderie like i love that old. part because i went to yeah like i and i went even for some of my friends like i kind of go back and forth but like even the high school i went to it was more mixed it wasn't all black or all that it was mixed like that so when i went to the military i felt that same connection like so it didn't matter to me none of that stuff i was able to let that stuff go and just hey I'm, I'm in this group i got all these people from all over the world we're learning from each other and we're having fun and it's about life and and that was something and then to come home and to see myself back in the same situation that i was trying to get from all those years ago regardless of if i had lost everything regardless of if i lost it didn't matter i didn't want that for myself And i know mm-hmm. i'm rambling now a little bit too mm-hmm. but i'll let you have it and but yeah so no like i love crazy i
0: crazy. i love it i you're sharing <laughs> really great stuff. And something that you're touching on that none of my guests have touched on yet um, is how uh, you got you know you were around professionals that were aware of the different resources out there like that alone is such it's so good for people to know this like you know inpatient treatment it doesn't it doesn't look like what some people might think that looks like like first of all it's those things right there that training and understanding of resources or how to even go about something could be one of the triggers that it comes in our lives and can be the thing that just is like i'm losing it like this isn't and it's because the lack of knowledge or resources so it's interesting that I like that you mentioned and I hope I made sense I just rambled on a lot right there but what <laughs> I'm trying to say is you know inpatient treatment for those listening that you know might think that it looks like probes hooked up to your head and like electric shock therapy that it's so not like that and that you first of all you get removed the one of the things that I feel like is the first step in like focusing on yourself is that you're removed from your environment where everyone needs demands and expects things from you whether it's family job your house and so like to be able to have that seclusion or isolation to be able to focus on you but then boom you're surrounded by people that are veterans also and people that are experiencing the same things and then to be able to identify like the resources and again like that could have been a trigger like if you're in someone's life at the time like I want to go to school but I don't even know how to do it I heard about these resources but what do I do oh I'm over this I don't want to deal with this and then you at a place like somewhere supportive, like inpatient or these different retreats out there, like doing preventative things and like giving people the tools uh, and resources ahead of time and not trying to like drop all that on you, you know, day one that you return from a combat zone or whatever that looks like for other people. There's so much out there, or, or even just that connection with veterans. Like, so, do you have any um, veteran groups that you continue to tap tap into? Friends or groups that you continue to
1: communicate um, with
0: and tap into?
1: Yes, um, I actually keep in touch with a lot of people from back then. But most recently, I did join the uh Vetre- Tribe mm-hmm. on Facebook. Great group, great group. I know. I've just seen. The- I just being it. there, just seeing what people are doing motivates me because I was one of those people who that group was created for, who was out there doing it by itself, thinking he's doing everything and just posting a question or just reading a comment in there could just point me in the right direction. There's so much knowledge there. And I so agree. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And um, another big thing um, I've been working with, um, I've had some experience with the DVA, but the Wounded Warrior, Wounded Warrior Project, I've reached out to them yeah and they are really awesome sent me a great cup out of the blue i love that but they are really awesome and i've um spoken with them and i look forward to trying to do some classes with them with my fiance actually some relationship classes with her actually through there, and i'm trying to get more involved because they got a lot of things that are online right now like i missed out on a tai chi class i tried to get in but i think i missed it so i'm actually finding myself now trying because i felt because when my mom passed it was like ah. Uh, The world closed in on me. I closed in on myself, and I'm pretty sure people who, but the one thing too, and I know a lot of people are even looking at me like, "Oh, he's gonna relapse now because his mom passed, and my mom was a drinker." Mm -hmm. So that didn't happen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That was not gonna happen, (laughs) and and, you know, and uh, and so even dealing with certain people during that my grief, I had to say, "Well, you're expecting the worst from me." i thought we were friends and you're expecting the worst out of me so no i want to be around people that i can be honest with okay. that i can talk to that i can be supportive with because i did have that experience when i was in the inpatient i could talk to somebody and they could tell me their life story and it could be 10 times more horrible than it but guess what at the end of the day we realized that we our journeys had brought us to the same place so it didn't really matter and we all needed help
0: yeah that was the
1: main focus it wasn't about the, the particulars that brought us there. It was the fact that we were there for that particular moment and we were there to help each other. So that's one of the things that I try to do. And I try to carry that with me because it was so powerful for me. Like the way I'm talking to you now, couldn't have done it if I had mm-hmm. not been to that. Cause I was not only in that inpatient program where we did several AA meetings and things of like that. We had classes. I also did an outpatient counseling at the VA on top of that to deal with the things I didn't want to say mm-hmm. in a public setting. And that eventually allowed me to open up to be able to express myself today without feeling embarrassed or shamed or you know, even some things with my mom, I have to be able to talk about it to get it out for myself because that's some things that I, I held in and it did affect my life. So not talking I know now, not talking about that stuff. Is, it could be detrimental to me.
0: Absolutely. So
1: I have to be open in order to get the help I need. reaching out for help. I, I guess oh. you have to be open in order to receive, I guess.
0: I was trying <laughs> to look for what, what I was trying. I was trying to look for as you were talking about like going to your family and like or people be like expecting you to crumble, expecting you like the death of your mom to fall was reminding me of I'm going to stop looking for it was reminding me of like as I was learning about all the different stigmas that are out there. One of them is like I don't know what the title is but it's like basically like comfort stigma it's when you like go to a safe place like your family you know and then like because of this you know being a veteran or the things you've gone through whatever it is that they put you know expected like oh he's about to lose it now like that's those are just the different kinds of stigmas that we're faced with like oh like no like I'm actually good I'm I'm not a liability over here folks like And that mental health is okay. Even if you're not okay, it's okay. Like, let's change the minds. Let's change the mindset and like, listen more rather than putting those words out there. Like, oh, you know, are you about to lose it? You know, I'm, you know, just that uh, can almost push some people into it, into like, well, they're expecting me not to do well. So am I not supposed to be doing well? there was something yeah yeah. absolutely yeah so I'm glad that you're in touch with yourself oh I know what I was gonna say I'm well back to finish my sentence before I ramble on I'm glad that you're like at your process and your growth and your journey to be able to like hear that and be like no like for them to be like oh he's he's lost his mom like he's gonna lose it and and for you to be able to look at them like no like I I'm good. Like this is where my life has got me to now and not knowing where your support is. But you were talking about the Wounded Warrior Project. I can relate, Ron, because in the last like year or two since COVID, like I tapped into Wounded Warrior Project and I've done different virtual events online. I've done one in person, but I've done different virtual events online. So And I know at certain points in history, like things that have happened, they got a bad rep. But for those of you listening or watching this, like Ron and I aren't the only ones that have had good experiences lately. Like they have different things available for you to do right from your house. Like Ron totally missed the Tai Chi. Clearly he needs to make sure he gets on that next one. (laughs) And then I've done like a, a book study and like they pay for the books and send you the book and you read it in advance and then you get on there and you talk to the veterans i've done a painting one where uh they send you the art supplies the canvases like all of it and then you get online and you paint together um i've done i've done quite a few different ones and then education ones like learning about mindfulness and um project overwatch, like suicide prevention. So people should really check into that. It doesn't cost anything as long as you are, I believe a service connected veteran. Um, and it may even be people outside, of, but there's a lot of events where you can bring your spouse or a family member, even virtually. And so on that note, run. I was going to tell you, I heard project odyssey is an amazing thing that um you could do with your spouse. So, you should check that out. There's individual ones and there's also um partner ones. So, it it's clear to me that like you've again, like I said, you've come a long way in your life and in your journey, but like you've gotten to that point to be super brave to look in the mirror and be like you can't do this anymore, which which is super Courageous, like that's really hard for us to look in the mirror and own it, right? Own our own our shit. And so clearly, like you're doing that, and we all continue. That's not something that's never gonna stop. Like, we're not perfect. So we're gonna have to own our stuff more often than that one time looking in the mirror. So, with that being said, what kinds of things like do you try to stay consistent with as far as like self? care for your physical, mental, or spiritual? I, li- I like to ask my guests this every time because I think that self-care is overlooked too often and we get wrapped up in our lives and like not taking time for yourself, whether that's exercise, a bath, uh, just sitting on the porch with coffee and no phone and nature. What kinds of things do you know you value, like you benefit from that you try to stay consistent
1: with um a few of the things that you named uh go into a little bit more detail like um pretty much like so i'm a christian so every morning i try to read my bible that's something that's very important to me so i try to be consistent with that and and it's like anything else the more you do it the more and i feel like so when i have a bad day even later on in the day i'll go back and i'll reference what i read in the morning and that'll kind of keep me going through the day and also, um, like you said, exercise and um, mostly I don't have any exercise equipment, but I do have small weights. I do have, um, I can go jogging around my complex. Uh, I do have a jump rope. So I do have, I do a lot of free weight, kind of self-weight exercising, kind of things like that. I had gained some weight during the pandemic too. Now people are saying, you look like you lost weight because I said, and I'm one of those people, I guess, that like to do different things. So now I have a lot of different things to do depending on my mood. I like to write. I like yes. To draw. I like to do it all. I'm one of those type of people, but I know depending on my mood is what I'll do. Like if I yes. find myself getting angry and I got a lot of energy, okay, drawing might not work. Let's go work out. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's do that. Absolutely. Or even listen, or even there are certain times i just listen to music, certain songs, because I I love music. So- I do too. Um, Yeah, so there are certain songs that bring certain emotions I learned. So just like there are certain songs that can make me sad, there are certain songs I know that'll cheer me up. So it's just like you said, um, I've also done a little bit of meditation, trying to get mindfulness. I took it a lot more seriously now, because even when I was in the inpatient, that was something I didn't necessarily take as serious, I believe, in Mm -hmm. the meditation and things like that. But when my mom passed and I found myself in that spot and I said, well, they say this (laughs) work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and now. And now, like, even my fiance, she'll go upstairs and come downstairs, and I may have some on my mind, and she'll come, and I'm just sitting, and I'm just, she's like, wait, and she knows now, like, I'm meditating, something crossed my mind, and I just need to clear it. And when I get like that, I'll, you know, and so it's just, different things for me because yes. like I said I'm a person that likes to do a lot of different stuff so I guess it makes sense to have a multiple things in my toolbox to
0: yes we definitely but, need them life <laughs> life tends to take 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 from us and we need to have our tools in our toolbox so that we can give back to ourselves and not just let yeah. our life take 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 well I'm so happy that you join us on here today and again, like I had some firsts today, like, I hope people thank you for, for sharing your story. And and again, like I told you, I don't know if I told you before the call, um, what I really want for people to get from this is, you know, hope some people get hope of like, okay, like, I that's where I'm at right now. And, and, clearly he looks himself in the mirror every day, and I can do that, I can do that too, and I would also like to, like, shed understanding and enlightenment, so to go to that space, like, that, and own own that space of, like, hey, like, I know not for everyone the VA has been spectacular, but for me, it saved my life, I, that takes a lot to get to that point that takes a lot to say and I'm glad you shared that with us today so thanks again for getting comfortable with the uncomfortable and joining us today
1: yes no problem and thank you for having me